Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, a show about filling our lives with laughter and love and getting through together and squeezing every drop of beautiful juice out of this squishy, squishy orange that we call life. Keep going. That's Keep, life. You have more. <laughs> That's life, life in the big city, baby. Yeah. Streetcars, yeah. cigarettes, baseball games. You know, that's that's life. Loving and living in life. And mm-hmm. Live, laugh, Marty love. And Dan. Yeah. With yeah. Marty and Dan. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host. I'm Dan Ludwig. <laughs> and uh, we're not about any of that stuff. We are a podcast about baby boomer television, primarily the Andrew Griffith show. Uh, and today we are coming at you. With a special guest in the recording studio today. Here joining us is comedian, editor, uh, friend of everyone, bomb devant man about town, host of comedy shows like Neil Estate and I hate this title so much, My Dinner with Ryan Neal P.T. Bardenlow, uh, <laughs> available on YouTube <laughs> on Sunday nights. Uh, Neil P. Barden. Neil, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that lovely intro. You already got through the hard part, which is watching an episode of the Andy Griffith show. Uh, Neil, have you have you ever seen the Andy Griffith show before? I wondered this about myself uh, over the past several hours. And first of all, that was more time than I'd ever dedicated before to thinking about the Andy Griffith show. But I'm fairly certain I've never knowingly watched a full episode and paid attention. Yeah, that's that seems about right. It it's like this weird blind spot for everybody where it's like a thing we all kind of know is happening but no one's ever thought about it for more than 25 seconds except for us who have thought about it for three and a half years. We are trapped in a hell of our own making. Can I ask when when will you stop? That's a question I ask every <laughs> single week. Is <laughs> Is like I, I basically come up with an excuse to be like, oh, Marty, I think that we have to bail out and do a different premise. Or like, oh, Marty, this other show is looking like a pretty good thing we could watch. A lot of meat on these bones. Dan's been trying to get us to stop doing the Andy Griffith show since like halfway through season one. He keeps saying, Marty, what's going to happen when this show gets good and we uh, we can't do this bit anymore? And it has yet to happen. We're now about halfway through the series. Uh, You know. I mean, if we get to the end, there are eight fucking seasons of this thing. And each Ugh. season is 32 episodes. Yeah. So, season- well, okay. TV seasons I, were I, I way two... longer in the 60s. Yeah. They had less to do in their real lives, I think. Um, <laughs> they I have less to do on television. Somewhat... Okay, but you, you have two what? You have two questions? Uh, also that. No, I have two, I don't know what to call them. Slightly unrelated thoughts we'll, we'll brand them as right now. Um, one is, <laughs> okay. Ooh, I've lost one already. God damn. That was, that was upsetting. Maybe it'll come back to me. Oh no. Here's what it was. <laughs> one is, I you swear got this, I'm you sober got this. for this. One is Marty. The amount of time that you and I took scheduling this recording was longer, I believe, than watching the actual episode. Yeah. yeah. That's thought one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
scheduling is difficult, like, and requires a lot of back and forth. Watching an episode of TV, especially the Andy Griffith show, requires uh, Dramamine, I guess, <laughs> and uh, a 22 minutes of your time. I think we have spent uh. more time talking about, thinking about, and planning stuff about this show than it took to create the actual television program, the Andy Griffith, Griffith show. <laughs> I, I think mean, including, like, um, the entire life of Ron Howard up until this point. I mean, we we definitely have episodes that go longer than the writers spent thinking about the content of the episode. 100%. Mm-hmm. Neil, what's your second thought? I yes. look forward to getting back to that with some of my notes. Okay. My second thought is as I was reading Wikipedia <laughs> about the Andy Griffith show, and I didn't read a lot, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to spoil my dinner uh, by taking too much time. <laughs> I realized that it fits into a greater television universe, and that was disturbing, intriguing. I, I wondered if somebody had a flowchart for me or some kind of any kind of data visualization yeah. about the Andy Griffith universe. There, there is, in fact, a greater Andy Griffith extended universe. Uh, as far as I know, there's two spinoff shows, maybe one more that didn't last more than a season. There is Gomer Pyle USMC, where uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, the this television show takes their hilarious special needs character and sends him off to die in a war. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. And that ran for like seven seasons. Uh, and then there's Mayberry RFD. Which is sort of mm-hmm. like an aftermash or like a scrub season seven uh, of this, which is just kind of like the story of Mayberry citizens after Andy Griffith stops being uh, sheriff or whatever. Yeah. I really doubt, I highly, highly doubt we will do either of those uh, because we don't want to. When when we run out of this, we'll, I don't know, run on to ha- move on to Happy Days or some shit. Uh, home Improvement seems to be like the top contender for what we'll do after this, but we don't know. We won't know until we get there. There is also the thing where, like, all network TV shows would just, like, intermingle their characters. Like, they would, like, yeah. they would all show up on each other's stuff. So, like, if you actually do a flowchart, you can track, like, well, apparently X-Files takes place in the same universe as All in the Family. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I'm sure that, like, in terms of, like, interconnectedness of just, like, guest characters just walking through a door for a half scene... Just the Andy Griffith universe is sprawling and touches a whole bunch of shit. There also is something in TV history that happens pretty much right after the Andy Griffith show ends. Uh, and it's called the uh, the Rural Retreat? The Rural uh, Defeat? I can't actually remember the name of it. Basically, a new head of CBS comes in uh, and takes, takes away all of the... Uh, shows about country boys in the 60s it was Mm -hmm. very popular to talk to have shows that were aimed at like a more rural audience uh between this and hee-haw and a lot of westerns the riflemen and then in the 70s uh cbs especially comes in and just pulls the plug on all those they're like nope 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 we're moving to the city now Uh, all in the family is the hot shit we are going into like a completely different direction and after spending this much time with the Andy Griffith show. Good call. Yeah. The right move. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. This was, this was a dead zone. So that's a good way to start on this particular episode. This is season four, episode eight, 
Opie's Ill-Gotten Gain originally airs November 18th, 1963. This is the last episode uh, that airs while John F. Kennedy is still alive. You motherfucker, uh, you beat me to that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is written by John uh, Whedon, directed by Jeffrey Hayden. <laughs> Neil's, Neil's sort of delay on that made it sound like he was the one that killed James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's the Red Baron flying off having, having killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get me, people of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> not, and especially not you, Jack Ruby. Uh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> now, Neil, this is kind of why we had you on. In your opinion, who killed JFK? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's complicated, guys. Uh, I can't say for sure that I didn't do it. I mean, do I believe Oswald acted alone? No. Do any of us act alone in in modern Mm -hmm. society? Absolutely not. So, really, we all (laughs) killed JFK. (laughs) In a way, societal pressures killed JFK. (laughs) Well, solve that one. one sentence summary. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And here is your one sentence <laughs> In summary. Summation: Killing JFK is a land of contrasts. <laughs> uh, we also can't be sure that this episode didn't kill JFK. <laughs> this episode's gonna kill MRS. That's me. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? I would though. If yeah. I like, if he showed up, yeah, I'd do it. Fucking, we still talking Kennedy notes. here? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't, okay. I don't Not for a I... particular reason, just eh. Fuck him. Don't like his hair. Here's your one sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy rewards Opie with a new bicycle for his perfect grades, which then turn out to be a grading mistake. So yeah, that is yeah. the uh, uh-huh. that is the summary of this. Mm-hmm. Before we get into this, Neil, did you like this episode? No, I did not. I can say unequivocally, right. I did not enjoy. <laughs> This 22 minutes of television, and I look forward to discussing why with you all. Okay, Okay, cool, cool. Because sometimes we have a guest on, and they're like, I actually rather enjoyed this program. Be like, oh, no. Well, (laughs) we don't get to take sledgehammers to it anymore. (laughs) Well, see, here, I'll I'll be that guy. I'll be that guy this episode. Mm -hmm. I kind of liked this one. I'm not going to say I liked it a lot, but as given the low low bar that the Andy Griffith show has presented for me of like I did events happened uh like a story unfolded and uh like there was a beginning middle and an end mm-hmm. uh it it met that yeah. criteria and I thought some parts were kind of sweet and kind of cute but uh there I'm going to maybe even too cute or cutesy and I'm going to I'm going to circle back on that uh, mm-hmm. in a minute but let's I... say let's I watched this entire episode just with, like, like therapist fees, just, like, tallying up in my head, just, like, watching, like, oop, nope, that's another trauma happening to Opie. Uh, oh, there's another one. Ooh, oh, man. Uh-huh. This uh-huh. is going on a couple of years. So it opens up with Taylor House, the kitchen. Opie is sitting at the breakfast table trying to do his math homework. Uh, poorly, I should say. And 
Barney arrives and Barney keeps interrupting him and making it so he can't concentrate and keeps telling him about the importance of doing arithmetic because everybody in every line of work does arithmetic sometimes and it's important to learn your arithmetic so you keep doing it. And Opie at some point just goes, I'm trying! (laughs) But even before Barney does it, he's doing it wrong. I think he does like, he keeps repeating the same equation over and over again, which is 8 and 6 is 14. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, bud. Mm -hmm. Plus nine is 21. Nope. Uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. And he repeats that over and over again and does not get to correct himself because of Barney being there. Uh, Andy comes in. He says, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing your math homework right now? You should have done your homework last night. Uh, Opie then points out, like, it's okay. I think I'm going to get good grades anyway because the teacher likes me. Uh, side note here, we should mention, is Andy still fucking Opie's teacher? Oh, I need to hear more about this. Hello? (laughs) Yep, yep. Okay, yeah. So, important context. Uh, Miss Crump, the character that briefly walks through this episode, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, Andy has maybe been hooking up with her? That's Andy's girlfriend for this season, as far as I can tell, but in this episode, they're extremely formal. It's kind of like they haven't even met he doesn't even call her by her first name maybe that's the thing though <laughs> Ooh, um we can't yuck their yum but do we think that maybe <laughs> this was like sh- aired out of sequence uh, i think i think very likely or just the writers did not care like, mm-hmm. to contact each other we are talking about john whedon who is the oldest member of the andy griffith writing room Like, by this point, he's the old man of the Andy Griffith Show Writers Club. So he may not just not have been paying attention. He was lapsing in and out of lucidity the entire writing of this season. Much like Like, me on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're you're phasing in and out of our dimension like Mr. Mixiplex. Like. (laughs) But uh, it's weird. It's weird. They don't even acknowledge it in this. And they spent a lot of time at the beginning of this season getting those two together. And then she just disappears. And this is the first we've seen her in like seven, six or seven episodes. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Opie mentions that he thinks he's going to hmm. get good grades because the teacher likes him. I really thought this was going to be like, I'm going to get good grades because you're banging my teacher. <laughs> like... That is where I thought that was going to go. And no, just no mention of it. Um, now, hope you're doing good work in there, old man, because I really <laughs> just ate shit this semester. <laughs> Opie, Opie gets his stuff together. They mention his nutrition money to, like, buy a snack or whatever. Uh, and then they just kind of mm-hmm. talk shit on Opie the instant he's out the door. These okay. three grown adults are just like, man, that kid sucks. <laughs> As if they have no agency whatsoever. Yeah! <laughs> they, 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 they have no control over this kid whatsoever. These yeah. three adults yeah, like they're that not are the three adults. him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, oh, that boy would forget his head if it wasn't screwed on. And then they start calling, basically being like, oh, and he gets a snack in the morning? Like, and on top of this, he's weak! Like, yeah! It was so weird. The, this scene and the next scene are all about Barney talking about how the cold country's going soft and kids these days are too soft and they get they get uh, snacks and nutrition money and they don't have to have corporal punishment like clapping erasers. And lay I remind you, it's 1963. <laughs> 
It yeah. is 1963, and we're on this kick of kids being too soft these days. Shut I, up. Yeah, I couldn't tell <laughs> like, if this was like a, some, some, some things never change, or, ah, this is where all this bullshit started. Welcome to the show, Neil. Ah. I, I, clapping erasers is such a weird example, because I thought he was going to be like, you know, they'll, like, beat us or some shit. Because I figured, clapping erasers, I figured, I thought they were doing until, like, the 90s, because it's... Yeah. Clapping yeah. erasers. I'm confused. until we stopped having erasers. Like, yeah, like I, I thought it was gonna be like they'll make us like hold up buckets of water or all that military school bullshit. But like, they latch onto the fact that he he's getting like a mid afternoon snack, which one sounds wonderful. I wish that they <laughs> kept that going for us. One, I would I would have loved a mid after mid morning snack. All throughout school and currently now, I wish that was part of a general program in life. I, I'm really confused on it. Like when they say nutrition money, I okay, I guess I guess they must have said nutrition money instead of lunch money, right? So he had his lunch money and he has his snack money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I mean, it's 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 not like he's getting extra stuff. They're paying for all of it. Yeah, yeah, right. So, well, this is the American way: the... complain about things that people get "quote unquote" for free, uh, but really, we're all paying it into the system. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in this case, directly. <sighs> <sighs> so dumb. Yeah, like he he says, like you got to reward and bribe kids to get straight A's, which is some fucking foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Barney then tells a very long, very elaborate, nonsensical lie mm-hmm. about how his dad would have beaten him if he hadn't gotten straight A's. But Andy points out he didn't great get straight A's, and that's because one time he did, and it alienated him all from all the other kids. Right. And as a result, he had to force himself to not get straight A's, which is hard because his IQ is so high, which he's cursed by. Um, which was, uh, Neil, I, Neil, what you got? I heard that. I heard that, that, sigh. that sigh is, um, one, this part of this seems like a bit of a trope of like, uh, elaborate lie, but part of this also just goes on too long. That's my note for a lot of these bits. Yeah. Like we're digging really deep. Some writer had way too much fun with this at the expense of anything else happening in here. <laughs> It, it's one of those bits and the Andy Griffith show does it a lot where it's like they just start digging a hole and they assume that if they go long enough they'll hit gold like if we yeah. just have him do this fucking monologue for long enough eventually this will become funny I really thought it was gonna end in one of those like forward forward emails that you get from your conservative uncle that's about like the so the the teacher who taught why socialism is bad by taking all of the A's and equally distributing them to the kids that didn't do any of the work. Whoa. Well, I thought that's where this was fucking going. This whole episode? That's what you thought it would be? No, at least that's what I thought Barney's story was going. Uh, well, well. I I thought it was, because he keeps talking about IQ throughout the entire thing, mm-hmm. and I was like waited with bated breath for him to start getting to some eugenics shit. Nah. Like I was like, he's gonna start talking about skull shapes in like five <laughs> seconds. When was the last time you measured Opie's skull? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this was th- the, the IQ bit was thrown in as either something that was like really trendy at that time, 
or as um, showing that like how simple he is because like he's saying this kid's probably a genius based on what the promise of one report card like there's very little for him to go on um, and it really makes you question everything that he knows about the world yeah it's it's one report card of straight A's and he's like take him to a specialist and maybe take him to Harvard like get very amped about it um uh, all right so uh so th- then we get into a weirder section of the episode like it just goes it all right so andy <laughs> says for some reason that's very democratic of you which mm-hmm. what the fuck are you talking about uh and then barney gets mad and said and says how I vote is my business, brother. Uh, and says, once I go into that voting booth, uh, that is between me and my conscience. So already, what the living fuck are you talking about? How did you, you took this episode and you drove over the guardrail and now you are just plowing into a shopping mall. <laughs> like, right, let's, let's, okay. let's, let's see if we can follow the trail here. I, right? I, I can follow, I can follow it a little bit. Here's here's okay, my please, best please guess. elaborate. Here's my best guess. And um after I, I run through all this, I'd love for you guys to fill me in on. I get it, Andy and Barney have known each other a long time, but I don't know like if they grew up in this town, if they moved to this town together, uh, if there's conspiracy theories. Okay. But here is here's what it is. So Barney's making the claim that he kind of took the fall for his classmates and was like, well, I have to stop getting good grades because it's bad for the other kids. And it makes everyone look bad. It makes everyone look bad. And Andy says, kind of like sarcastically, I see it as like, well, congratulations for you, like doing doing something for the good of the people. But because Barney it isn't actually that bright, he says that he thinks that it's about he's that is that Andy's making it about politics. And then like then we then we hit the gas on yeah. this. Um because the note I wrote to myself was I don't believe for a second that Andy and Barney don't really know how the other voted. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of like no. premise concerns about some claims made in this episode. So no, to, to, you, to answer you, your question, you, you asked for like, you, you sort of mentioned, uh, you don't know what the backstory is or like all, all the context. Don't worry about that because mm-hmm. everything we know about this show only makes it dumber. It never makes <laughs> anything make more sense. Right. It only right. adds extra layers of frustration. It's 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 really it's really oh. kind of like a Simpsons thing where just like the the continuity shifts for the purpose of the episode. Uh the the first episode of the Andy Griffith show says that Barney and Andy are cousins, uh which is how they explain Barney's hmm. still having a fucking job, but that never gets mentioned ever again. Uh, it never gets brought up again, so they may have dropped that uh, idea. Yeah. But for the most part, yes, these two have grown up together in Mayberry. Uh, they basically they basically share a birthday. Like they they are the same age. They mm-hmm. went to the same high school. Back when they used to mention the war, uh, Andy fought overseas. Barney stayed here. He was stationed in Staten Island, so he was he was stationed domestically, which explains a lot of his inferiority complex. But now the war never gets mentioned ever again, so who fucking knows? So, but that is that is their, okay. I guess, backstory. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, for a while we thought that because they talked about the war sometimes, uh, Barney had PTSD, and that's why he was so, like, jittery and weird. But no, he was on a fucking – he was on Staten Island working as a, at a as a librarian. Which is not to say that librarians can't get PTSD. That is true. true. I feel like – Thank you, Neil. You just saved me from getting some people on my ass. That would have, I feel like someone would have come out of the woodwork on that. You yes, never know. All librarians are capable of getting PTSD for a number of valid reasons. That all right, pal. I'm sure someone is going to explain to me in the near future. Keep going, keep going. You're definitely, you're definitely doing yourself favors here. Please don't DM me a screen, a picture of my house from the outside or anything like that. <laughs> oh, the, the, they'll know how to find the records on it too. Yeah, you don't want to piss off the librarians. They have receipts and access to information. Uh, the, I think the next, cool. the next scene uh, is uh, Opie's outside and he's running into the house. Uh, to talk to Aunt B, uh, and he's super hype about something. Uh, Andy's coming home, and Opie and Aunt B they uh, they pretend basically. Uh, they're like, "Oh well, we got something to show you. We got it's report card day." Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I are they acting like he got a bad grade? They're they're, they're just kind of acting like it's report card day, and they don't know what's gonna happen. I think they were trying to do, like, a thing of, like, Opie's pretending like he got a shitty grade to su- make it a surprise to mm-hmm. Andy, and everyone's acting is just shitty. That's I think it. that's what – yeah, because they, <laughs> they mentioned, like, I made you think that my grades are bad. And I was like, is that what you were going for, little Ron Howard? Did you? Because <laughs> you uh, whiffed it really hard on selling that. So a- Andy opens up the report card. He's like, oh, I bet you got some bad grades. Like – Andy being father of the year before he even opens yeah, it, right. he's just like, well, let's let's see this shit. Let's yeah. see how bad you fucked up. Uh, and then is shocked when he's when he's like, okay, what we got here? Effort A, arithmetic A. What the f- what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Andy gets or Opie gets all A's, and everyone's just like, well, what? Holy shit! What are we gonna do? And I'll be honest, they overreact to this. I get that they were not expecting this, but wow. You fucking think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the entire think? episode is based on that notion. Yeah, yeah. This is the master class of parenting that you are, that he is putting on of like, so uh, point A, I expect very little of you intellectually. Mm-hmm. I am surprised that you have performed well in school, and now I'm going to establish in extremely clear terms with this giant flashing billboard, my love for you is tied to your intellect. That's right. <laughs> That's right. My uh, – Opie, I just want to show you this. Your value to me has increased by 20 whole points. Wow, look at that. I, I can't – I'm not going to explicitly look in your eyes and say I love you more, but if you read behind the lines, it's there. You'll see it. We, we, we're, we're now less worried about having to take care of you as an adult. Which, hang on a second. Hold up. Andy, you are a grown-ass man who has his great aunt living with him. Mm-hmm. You are a grown man who, li- who had to bus in the woman who raised you from out of town. All right? You should expect to have to take care of Ron Howard in his later years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sh- you should expect him to be here forever because you're doing that shit too. Um, so 
they're still fucking talking about it at the dinner table. Like, like, uh, they, like, Andy is just like crowing on and on and on. Um, Barney rolls in and immediately just goes like, IQ test. This kid's going to go to Harvard. Like, like he, he's going, he's still looking. He's pouring over this report card. He's literally holding it, right? Yeah. He's, he's staring at it, reading it over and over again. Like it's his tax return. Yeah. So it, it becomes like, it's already very one note and it is, I think basically eight out of 10 of Andy Griffith's lines for the remainder of the episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and all the other ones are just like, oh, hello. And then everything else is just report card, A's, report cards. This is why I love you, son. Report card, report card. After a certain point, Opie's got to be like, okay, dad, you you don't need to act that surprised. Yeah. Right? Like, after a little bit, your surprise is actually insulting. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, I'm so surprised. I'm so very, very surprised. Really didn't see this coming out of you based off of your entire life. And the fact that I apparently never know what you're doing, uh, (laughs) even though you can barely leave the house. And so I'm surprised to see you doing your homework at the breakfast table. Like, what, do you guys have a relationship at all? <laughs> no, he, not he's really. He's a child. He can do like four things. And all of them are like in the immediate vicinity of Andy. God. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have money. He should know what he's doing like at all times. That okay. is like a helicopter parent, but just proximity. Uh, just just be, be connected to your child at all. Um, right? A question A question I've written several times in several ways in my notes is, what is the message of this episode? <laughs> oh, man. Like, they're getting at something, but honestly, it's so muddled, it's infuriating. And that's surprising because the script is about four pages. It, like, it feels like, I think what they're going for is, like, we are pointing out what an asshole Andy is. I think the episode is... Ends with Andy going, well, I'm an asshole. But he's just kind of, he's not like, I've learned a lesson and I'm going That's to it. explain to you what I shouldn't have been doing. He's just like, well, yeah, that was less than ideal. Let's he go home. I mean, he kind of does that. He does like a slightly apologize to his son at the very, very <sighs> end. But apologizes for all the wrong shit, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's He just kind of goes like, well... I love you, <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah, bas- basically the uh, the 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 story of this is your father probably loves you even if he doesn't want to interact with you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, like he basically says, like, "Well, you get an A for effort in my book." All right, let's go home. Let's get the fuck out of here. I I'm yeah. I'm tired of this. Let's go. So the next day at school. Uh, Miss mm-hmm. Crump calls Opie up in front of everyone. Right? Yeah. And says in a not very quiet voice, hey, I fucked up on some <laughs> of these report cards. Uh, in a complete, in a rather unexplained manner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no details, no further questions, just know I screwed up on some of these, including yours. Let me just turn that A into an F. All right. Bye, kid. Have a seat. And I won't talk to any of the other children about it either. No. Yeah. She says she says some of them and yours was one. But I'm the only one you called to the to the desk, teacher. <sighs> and that makes me think, like, that makes me think that this is a scam. Is, the, is that a lie? 
like that makes me think that uh, that this is Miss Crump doing some shit so that she can I don't know spend more time with Andy mm. or something mm. I don't know try try trying to drive a wedge between this child and his father maybe Andy maybe. never I called her back this is her ice cold revenge <laughs> like like I you know what guys I had a uh, in high school I had a science teacher who I couldn't figure out why he didn't like me. I mean, I was probably an unlikable teenager. I'm going to say that uh, confidently. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't figure out, like, what his deal was with me. Like, he never gave me bad grades. Uh, but later on, I found out that my dad had gone on a couple of dates with, like, his ex-wife. <gasps> <laughs> that was a twist I did not see coming. Yes, that rules! <laughs> And I was like, oh, so much shit makes sense now. Ugh, cold. That is, you have, well, you have many, I'm I'm not going to say you have one job, Marty's dad. You have several jobs. You're a father. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the, that's, that's like the easiest one is don't date. Don't really date anybody related to your child's teachers. Just stay away from all of that. Ooh, Did wait. your town have a very small dating pool? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like there are there are like seven single women in that town at any given time. So when someone comes on the market, you go for it. <laughs> I kind of want to reach out to your dad and tell him that that's awesome. <laughs> That rules. That's such a savage move. I don't think he knew. Like, first off, I don't think it was intentional, and I don't think he knew. Like, because nah. uh, that, because that's that's like a distant. It would be different if he was dating my teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like Andy, like where you know, but like you're dating my science teacher's ex-wife mm-hmm. like that's a connection that you you don't necessarily know to begin with he he had no idea there, there's also it's a high school there's multiple science teachers he doesn't know what class i'm in thanks dad schneider <laughs> my bitterly divorced ex-husband has a schneider in his class are you related <laughs> um marty i don't know if this helps or not but there's a there's a the first way i understood your explanation of the story was that your father and the uh, the dates were before the teacher and the woman got married, and and I was <laughs> like, "Yo, that's some really cold, like years long grudge." <laughs> and then I heard the word "ex" in there, and I was like, "Ooh, I got this wrong." And no, no that's, I, I, that's different. That's different. It did not happen before they got married. However, I think timeline wise, it may have happened before those papers were signed. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Honestly, I'm happy that you made it out of that class in one piece. <laughs> imagine, God, just imagine being in that teacher's head of just like, there is a child in my class. His dad is fucking my ex-wife. Just imagine. <laughs> and that's why I don't know basic chemistry, folks. A little angel and devil would literally pop up on your shoulders and just like just the devil would be like just fuck him up just just destroy this child's entire future give him an f so powerful that he doesn't get into any colleges 
Oh, uh, man. Yeah, if, if anything, I should say that teacher may have had, like, the patience of a saint that I, I feel I feel like I earned that that B that I got in <laughs> yeah. Chemistry 102. Oh, oh yeah. It was a like, B, you fucking whiner? No, 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 no. Like, it, the the grade was the grade was fine. He was just a dick to me. Oh yeah. He just like I I feel like I got sent to the uh, to the office or, or asked to leave class unfairly more times in that class right. than any other time. Like so, I mean the the grade was fine. He was just an asshole. <laughs> he was never like Schneider. Tell your father I want my lawnmower back. I know he wanted to several times. Guys, <laughs> uh, how did? Did did your parents ever respond strongly to a report card one way or the other? Really just with, like, deep, resigned disappointment. So <laughs> there wasn't really as, a lot. As they, as they act with everything you do. Yeah, exactly. There weren't a lot of peaks and valleys. It was uh, just like, so. well, I guess this is fine. Kind of a low-grade reaction for low grades, huh? So they they responded to your academic performance the same way... That they respond when you're like, hey, I'm starting an Andy Griffith show podcast with my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> Just that same kind of like, eh, yeah, all okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I try to work our podcast into casual conversation. They're like, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Keep that up, kid. Yeah. If anything, you're outperforming our expectations. Yeah. Neil, what about you? Well, uh, I, I have two, two mini stories. One is... Um, that I, I got a, a a fairly good grade. Like we're talking in ninety four, ninety five, and something once. And my dad looked at it and said, "Where's the other five points?" Like in in all oh. seriousness. Oh. And that that is something that is something that like I have thought about for years to come because I'm like. <laughs> Oh, that's why I yeah okay okay that's something I work on now yeah no, yeah, yeah all right yeah. so so cool, cool, cool. what did your therapist say about that when you told I them? mean what hasn't she said about it um, <laughs> she's um so there's there's that and then um, there was a period junior year of that was like let's say sixth grade in junior year of high school <laughs> fuck that's so much worse I mean we're going on an it's odyssey because so it's at the worst part of your life oh I was I was much worse in in seventh and eighth grade uh. In his defense, he knew that I wasn't trying that hard. He knew that I could be pulling it out better <laughs> and that I was coasting to get that 95. <laughs> um, so, you know, that one's on, on me a bit. And and here's the other one. Junior year of high school, I was going through some uh, some rough health stuff mm-hmm. and ended up specifically in physics class, not my other classes, just not doing the homework. I just wasn't mm-hmm. doing the homework or the labs or whatever it was. Um, and so consistently we had like mid marking period, um, progress reports. I would get a 65 that I was like about to fail because I just wasn't turning stuff in. And the, the teacher was just like, Neil, you gotta just do those. Just turn something in, dude. <laughs> and every time my mom's like, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, cause I don't feel like it. And she's like, that's not a reason to not do your work. And I was like, feels like it is though. And she's like, this is where you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so th- that was uh, speaking of peaks and valleys. That was kind of a peaks and valleys year for that uh, that grading world. And because uh, I've gone way too far down this um, in New York, we're all riding on this. Okay, all right, we're all we're ride or die on this. Yeah, yeah. One. Okay, so in New York State, we have the Regents Board, which creates like the exams for most subjects for high schoolers. So I took the state 
required final exam, not one that my teacher had created. And I basically studied for it for like the week leading up to it and got a 94 on the final for the class. <laughs> and that teacher was so pissed at me when she saw that grade and like read it to me because she was like, you could have been doing well in this class all year and you have <laughs> made your parents so peeved and you've really ticked me off and you just haven't given a shit and you could have you could have been fine I was like yeah cool like clearly <laughs> clearly this class wasn't so hard that I needed more than a week to learn it all <laughs> oh. uh, I mean look Look, what what what's the end result here, right? I'm getting I'm getting what a B minus B overall, right? All right, right, fine. Okay, so here's the thing: I could have worked for that B, I could have worked hard and gotten an A, or I could have gotten the same grade as that guy over there who really worked his ass off for this. Yeah, uh, I feel feel like all I've done is maximize my efficiency. Here. <laughs> like that's, that's basically how I felt, and uh, <laughs> my my parents and I disagreed on that. And I think my mom still holds some uh, some resentment towards me. But in the end, I think I think truly, especially knowing now where my like adult life has gone, I got out of physics what I needed to get out of physics. <laughs> this is true. We're cool. We're cool physics. Yeah. Physics is over there. It has its part of reality. You're over here. You have your part of reality. And you guys just kind of have like a tete-a-tete. We, when we pass each other on the street, we nod mm-hmm. to each other. We're polite. Mm-hmm. But we carry on with and, our lives. And when, when you pass each other on the street, it is, you know, you're in motion. <laughs> and as objects in motion, you tend to stay in motion. Uh, which is a thing you would have known, Neil, if you paid any goddamn attention <laughs> in physics. Oh, I learned that day two of studying for the final. You're right. <laughs> can, can I just I want to circle back to just the, the first one just because I just the... made a fucking Newton's law joke. We're going to go ahead <laughs> and acknowledge that? No, okay. No. Thank you. No, yeah, sorry. We'll do like the polite golf <laughs> Thank you. Club. All right. Okay. Fucking All right. thank you. All, All right. right. Well done. Dan, you were saying? I just want to do the first one. Where's the other five points? That is <laughs> – devastating i think in part partly because that's really well written like oh yeah no he nailed that he like your dad like walked away was like fucking like that was off the cuff crushed that (laughs) self five yeah Yeah. (laughs) snippy and incisive as you went home to as you went up to your room to cry like he was he was doing like a fist bump like yeah (laughs) nailed it you gotta write that down like if if Twitter had existed at the time, your dad would have tweeted that shit and gotten so canceled. <laughs> <laughs> bean dad, you know? Your dad yeah. your dad would have been a bean dad. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Where the hell are we? Okay, so uh, <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> three scenes in. <laughs> we're three scenes in. We're there is so much more childhood trauma for us to latch on to. Like we're more than halfway through my notes though. <laughs> We're on the first page of Dan's notes. Oh, God. I'm glad you didn't share those with me previously. Oh, wait. Hang on. No, never mind. He's, he, these are notes for two different episodes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are, are we at the bicycle scene? Because I have, yes, I have another, yes. I have another premise question. Scene. Yes. I have another premise question. And, like, I'm not going to apologize because I find this universe very infuriating, as we've discussed. Mm. Does Opie know how to ride a bicycle, do we think? Yes. For sure. How do we know that to be the case? We have seen Opie ride a his bike around town before. Where's that bicycle now, Marty? 
Yeah, Where's Opie's bicycle now? I mean, he just because you have a thing doesn't mean you can't get a new thing. Or counterpoint. Last batch of grades that Opie got, bunch of C's and D's, uh-huh. and he took that thing, threw it into a river, said, you'll <laughs> get this back when you earn my love again. feel like we would have seen that referenced in this episode at some point if that <laughs> shenanigan had happened. Opie would be like, <laughs> like, guess I have a surprise for you. You fished my bike out of the river, Dad? Better! <laughs> this makes me want to track down, but not too hard, Andy Griffin, Griffith fan fiction. Oh, we've, we've got an entire Patreon episode about it. <laughs> That's already done. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh do you boy. want do you do you want me to send you uh Andy Griffith meets Batman real fast? I can shoot that over to you if you want some reading to do some reading in your free time. You know listeners, yeah. you too can can Ooh. get in on this if you uh join our Patreon at patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry and get access to all of our bonus episodes and deleted scenes. You're welcome for my serving that up for you. <laughs> It is. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Anyway, you said you wanted to get some Andy Griffith fanfic. Why? <laughs> oh, uh, because there's there's some some to be written where uh, bicycles play a much greater role in this world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all. Like, That's go all. on and continue. <laughs> it's, Let's roll that train of thought out a little bit more. It's, uh, you know, uh, urban transit oriented mm-hmm. uh, fanfic. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, y- yep. Uh-huh. But, uh, this isn't going We've... well. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Please save me, Dan. Yeah, please. yeah. Can I... So, like Mad Max, but with bicycles. I feel like that's what you're getting at. That was uh, Turbo Kid. That was Turbo Kid. Oh. Yeah. Ron Howard is Turbo Kid. So I Neil guess. just invented Turbo Kid. Yeah. Done. Uh, also, also, as far as urban transit fan fiction goes, we also have an episode about that. <laughs> uh, Neil, um, you're going to want to check your Discord after this. I'm just sending okay. you like a dump of all the Andy Griffith fan fiction we have. Um, the one where he meets Ice Climbers from Super Smash Bros., I would recommend in particular. Uh, huh. You can read it in about 45 seconds. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, that's 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 the the kind I like there. Okay, thank you. Okay. Anyway, this next scene, Andy is in the house. He's checking for Opie. So Barney and Andy pull up to the house in the squad car, being not at all sneaky, and they drag this brand new shiny bike, this fucking Pee Wee Herman looking bike. And I think it might be the same bike that we saw the rich kid riding in mm. that rich kid mm. episode. They might have just had like one bike on set yeah and they drag it into the living room they go upstairs to check on opie and he goes in he's like hey aunt b is opie around uh and she's like he's been up in his room all day i found Mm. nothing suspicious about this and i actually kind of forgot about it i'm a great caretaker (laughs) they call him down Barney tells a story about, like, him being abused as a child. Again. <laughs> Just drops that real fast. Like, right before Andy's coming down, like, oh, yeah, my dad used to tell me that I need to go out and get some fresh air, so then he would send me down to the basement to get to sift Dash to surprise! Hi! Literal um. Cinderella shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, my dad used to lock me into a basement. Hey! We're not talking about that thing! <laughs> Opie sees the bike and he like smiles and then Andy's like, you're getting this bike because we're so proud of you for getting all A's. And and uh, Opie's like, ah, shit. All right. Uh, yeah. to, to Opie's credit, he very clearly is like, okay, um, 
I guess I'll play with this later. And he just goes back upstairs. And everyone's kind of like, well, that's weird. Yeah. Let's never yeah. follow up on that. <laughs> Bye. Like, this entire episode is just a master class in how your loved ones can miss the symptoms of depression. <laughs> yeah. Like, <Oof. laughs> They get angry, too. They're like, and he's not appreciative of his bike at all. He's just locked in his room all the time, that little prick. How dare he? The next scene is an eight-minute vaudeville bit. Christ. (laughs) It's like a dog shit who's on first. I thought this was funny. Really? But it goes on way too long. Oh, my God. Basically, Barney rolls in. He's got his old, like, junior high history book that he found. They they recite the name Bernard P. Fife like, five times. And then Barney says, hey, you know what? I still remember the preamble to the Constitution because they made us memorize that. Also, they made me, like, memorize the preamble to the Constitution. And watching this just made me realize... How our education standards have not been updated for 60 years. So they say that he can memorize the preamble to the Constitution. He still remembers it. So Andy goes, all right, give it a shot. Uh, And Barney says, oh, shit. Uh, What's the first word? We. Uh Uh-huh. We. We the. We the. And they just... Every word of the preamble of the Constitution, it, which I think is like 450 <laughs> words. To to this joke's credit, Don Knotts does a lot of very good faces. He does uh-huh. a bunch of upset faces. Like, you know, like the faces you would do for a baby to make a baby laugh. Don Knotts just kind of does those to you. Don Knotts basically does peekaboo to you, the audience, during this bit. Yeah, There's this yeah. amazing, amazing thing where... uh Whenever they do a close-up of him, he's just frazzled out and just, like, rubbing his face and his hair is all oh, over the hair place. hair and makeup had a and, blast, yeah. And, and and then they'll cut back to the wide shot and his hair is gelled down and normal uh. again. There is a script supervisor that should have been shot in the face for that. Oh like, that was a, one of the most egregious continuity fuck-ups I've ever seen on a screen. But, yeah, so, Neil, uh. you hated this bit, too. I I hated this. You know what this is? This is lazy script writing. Yeah. This is lazy script writing and lazy directing because I'm like, and and maybe it's that I got spoiled, (laughs) spoiled by 90 sitcoms, but I'm like, we could move this along. We can do any number of interesting things. And we're dragging this out to show how dumb Barney is, which like the, (laughs) the entire preamble, they do this for the entirety of of the constitution. And, and I don't think it gets better as it goes along. And I don't think it has a payoff in the way that they want it to. No, it just kind of trails off. And, like, Andy Griffith and Don Knotts just go, well, that was fun. (laughs) Like, they just kind of go, like, well, on to the next thing, folks. I'm glad that you also hated it because uh, doing this podcast has burned out the comedy centers of my brain. And I can Mm -hmm. never tell if I'm, like if it's actually a bad bit or if I'm just dead inside now. Um, so it's glad to get this validated a little bit. I'm, I'm um, trying to see if I made a note, but there was like, maybe there was one time that I actually laughed out loud during, during this whole episode. Uh, and I'm, I'm generally an easy laugher and this one was this whole thing. I was just like, uh, I over and over it, again. 
It's just oh, oh. so many of like the things on these scripts is just Don Knotts does a face. <laughs> like yeah. that is just like it's in brackets and it's just like have Don Knotts do one. Yeah. Have Don Knotts yeah. do another one. Yeah. Like just have Don Knotts do 34 seconds of faces because that's how much script we need to eat up. Uh, Opie comes in. Opie comes in and he says, hey, dad, can we talk? I have to talk to you about something. And Andy's like, I bet I know what you want. Some more money, right? Here's some more money for some extra allowance for my uh, straight A student. Now go ahead and ride that bicycle. Make sure you get all up in that manifestation of your shame and inadequacy. Get all up in there. (laughs) The bike becomes like, this is actually, this is like the one thing I like about this episode is the fucking bike becomes a, like a powerful, like Freudian symbol of shame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it actually, like, it becomes, like, a totem of everything that Opie hates about himself in physical form. Uh, like, it's, I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just the thing they did accidentally. The writers were just like, kids like bikes, that's a good gift. Uh, I just never give them any credit. I just Pretty assume credit. that they're all, like, by page three, just wasted. I'm gonna even skip over the next scene, because it's just more of bragging about the report card. The barber uh, shop conversation which was badly written or or doesn't make sense to me with my modern english yeah um one fuck it so there is one detail that i had to type in all caps Andy's like so i'm thinking that what we're gonna do is drive opie out to the shopping mall two towns over and Mm -hmm. have a picture of taken uh of him with his report card so i can send it to steve because he's always bragging about his smart kid (laughs) which is a not it's not a joke they don't do that one as a joke there's no laugh track on that motherfucker. no 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 that that is a serious ass statement <laughs> that is exposition <laughs> the most deranged thing i've heard <laughs> a fucking character say in months <laughs> by the way by the way dan you you mentioned that there is no laugh track at that part there's no laugh track in this episode yes there uh, there is when i watched it Oh, they may they may have re-added it because all right, because I'm checking the ultra reliable Mayberry wiki because mm-hmm. they've talked about the missing laugh track. Uh, they say it kind of disappears on I guess on the DVD version there oh. is no laugh track oh. to this episode and several other season four episodes. Paramount is unsure why and is investigating this. <laughs> and I got a feeling some intern at Paramount is responding to these emails from the Andy Griffith Wikipedia oh, no. people just being like, yeah, we'll get right on that. How do you um, know it's not a detective? No, they have their best man on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched a, a YouTube, like I paid for the YouTube SD version, and I noticed that it had a laugh track partway through it because I was like, Okay, this audience is going to laugh at things that I won't laugh at. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kept up for the entire episode of, well, they found that funny? Nice for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, those dead I, people I, seem to be having a good time, yeah. so. So many times I've, I've thought, I wish I could laugh at this. Yeah. It feels like my life would be so much simpler and so much better if I was just able to laugh at this stupid thing. And yet I cannot. It is my shame. It pushes the bounds of the laugh track because it is, like, normally good at, like, like, it made me think How I Met Your Mother was a good show. Like, a laugh track Mm -hmm. can do a lot of things. And this is just, like, 
just i always just it's just kind of like nails on a chalkboard to my brain after a certain oh man oh yeah Yeah. y'all i don't i I, i'm gonna try to talk about this show even though it's you know it's it's off the air and it lasted eight seasons or whatever Uh, i'm talking about a different cbs sitcom a more modern one now i started Mm -hmm. watching mom with alice and janney and anna faris okay the show the tv show mom that was on for I didn't eight know seasons. That lasted for eight seasons. You don't know what's on CBS, but CBS has the highest rated sitcoms that you've never fucking watched. Big Bang Theory was the number one show in America for ten years straight, and you don't know a single person who has watched it except maybe your stepdad. I, yeah. I think uh, CBS numbers are inflated by like hospital waiting rooms. <laughs> anyway, uh, I started watching okay. the, sh- the show Mom. I started watching Mom and. I watched like, the first couple of episodes, and it's actually not a bad show. Like I, I really? kind of enjoyed it. It's a, it's a dark, it's a very dark comedy, but it's also got the worst laugh track abuse I've oh. ever fucking heard. They are laughing at things that are not jokes, and I mean like not just things that are just like flat. It's like <laughs> my alcoholic mother sold meth out of our bedroom. <laughs> Oh dear! Now I'm an adult, and I'm worried that I'm making the same mistakes with my teenage daughter. <laughs> my teenage daughter is pregnant and is worried about her future. Oh! <laughs> oh my God! Jesus! Uh. It's it's the most demented shit I've ever seen. Go to fucking Hulu and watch two episodes of Mom. Uh. Do it right now. Stop this. Stop this <laughs> podcast. All right, and, and I gotta go. go. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh fucking- man, I had no idea. That's the magic of of like CBS and all that shit is like it's like all these people will watch it because it's like family friendly or whatever and they just put the darkest shit up there. Yeah. Like people were watching like two and a half men as like family gatherings be like, Alright family, let's sit down and watch two and a half men. It has music that makes us think that this is wholesome. And it's just like mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen giving HPV to half the city. Like yeah. re- remember that the end of a face in the crowd from 1954 is literally Andy Griffith having a mental breakdown and losing his mind and being left alone with a laugh track machine that he just plays over and over again as the credits roll. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, laugh track is a deeply, like, insidious invention. It is a dark thing. And yet, at the same time, like, sometimes you'll see those YouTube videos where it's just like, we took. Uh, the Big Bang Theory and remove the laugh track. We took Friends and removed the laugh track, and now it's deeply weird and sad. Well, yeah. Fuck off. Like, of course it's going to be weird that they're going to have weird, awkward pauses. They were trained to pause for the laugh track when yeah. they were filming. Yeah. Like, so of course there's going to be gaps when you do. Shut up. Shut up, YouTube. All right. So anyway, yeah, they're going to get a him. fucking picture of this guy. Yeah, I got him. Fucking nailed YouTube. Oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Drop the band. Uh, uh, the next scene, right, Miss Crump comes into the jail for what reason? Question mark reason? Why is she there? He, well, she but says, she, I'm here to talk about Opie. And then Andy's like, oh, yeah, it's about the grades. And she was like, and she's like, oh, no, you didn't know about the grades. So oh, you're right. Yeah. So what the fuck was she there about? She's there about bad script writing. That's what she's there about. <laughs> yeah. He's a bad script writer, just like everybody responsible for the production of this episode. Miss <laughs> Crump, why are you here? Well, the writer just kind of put me here. <laughs> so I don't know. 
If the episode remembered that they were dating, it would make perfect sense for her to be there. Then she's just going to her boyfriend's work. But the episode doesn't acknowledge that at all. So... I think they're, like, they're 1960s dating, 1960s rural dating, which is, like, you go on one date, then nine months later, you, like, make eye contact, and then another six months later, you share an egg cream, and then you're married. Yeah. Like, that that's my best estimation from having watched this show, of how courtship works. I mean, I have gone on many dates that ended in awkward eye contact six months later. <laughs> like, I understand that. <laughs> Oh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Like, I, one time, one time I went into an office, well, the, 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 the space that the, that we all share, that we are all part of, Mm. members of. Yes, that office. And somebody was there, So someone was there who I had, not even bad dates, like, I had just gone on two dates with five years ago, they were fine we made out a little bit and, and then like as soon as i saw her there i was like cool i can never be here again goodbye forever oh ever. no oh <laughs> uh that actually so neil fun thing um my first week at uh at our shared office i quietly noted to marty that there was a a person at the office that i had gone on a bad date with in college mm-hmm. um and i was like oh man that's kind of weird I, I went on a bad date with her in college and then at one point marty while we were hanging out with a group of people be like hey isn't that the girl that you went on a bad date with in college no first marty. week my introduction to this community be like uh. oh i hope all these people think i'm cool and then marty just like just throws a piano on me like it's a fucking looney tune <laughs> I'm a good friend. <laughs> oh. um, I had a I had a, a related thought. This is years ago now. Um, I walked into, we'll say, a performance venue, uh, an, a, a an intimate performance venue where I knew people on stage, I knew people off stage, and I noticed that somebody who I was like a very high match with on OKCupid was in the front row, and that somebody else from OKCupid like interactions was like nearby as well, and we're talking the seating area is probably the size of this bedroom that I'm in. And I had the thought that that has never left my mind. Imagine a room full of people that you've met through. Okay. Cupid. It happens, right? That's I, I don't have to imagine. <laughs> I have also, I have been there. And the worst thing is like, especially if you didn't actually go on a date or whatever, it was just like you were chatting on okay. Cupid. And then you just kind of dropped off or whatever. <laughs> Cause that happened. Yeah. You're like, do I acknowledge this? Should I should I acknowledge that uh, we're here? That that has also happened to me where I've like run into someone be like not like but like we want an okay cupid day but like oh we talked for like four messages and then one of us got bored. Hey. <laughs> but I would definitely like a room full of people, not that you went on okay to cupid dates or like had a lot of okay cupid interactions, but a room full of people that you had three to four okay cupid messages with and that's then it. things fizzled out that's Just, it yep. yeah that's a oh, perfect oh, hell you've invented oh, that's the perfect hell. Hell. yeah that's it one time i was in the midst of talking to uh to a girl talking to someone by the way this is all gonna get fucking cut oh, 100%. Uh, but <laughs> one, one time one time i was in the midst of talk like in the middle of messaging i think i had like just messaged her that morning and I, then i went out about my day and i walked into a store 
not knowing that it was the store that she worked at. Oh no! So I just, oh, so I just walked into <laughs> like the store, and then she's there behind the counter, and we both go, "Oh, hi!" And I'm like, "I look like a psychopath." <laughs> <laughs> Real problem was like she was there right as I opened the door. So then what the fuck do I do? I can't turn around and be like, I guess I don't need this store anymore. <laughs> so then I <laughs> You know what? I guess I didn't I, I didn't need to come in here to buy milk or whatever. Uh, I'll get milk somewhere else for the rest of my life. Uh, Bye. You, you know what's awesome is that this conversation has dated all of us severely because if we told like anybody from like a couple of years younger than they'd be like you guys are on OkCupid. Were you trying yeah. to start a polyamorous relationship? Because that's yeah. all that's for now. Uh, like, oh yeah, OkCupid, a thing I was on in earnest. Uh, OkCupid, looking for a third? Yeah. OkCupid saw you from across the bar and liked your vibe. Oh. Um. OkCupid, come join our hot tub. <laughs> OkCupid, I'm weird and my husband doesn't actually like me. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> I, uh, one time after I got out of a relationship, I was like, well, time to, f-. I had been a couple of years. So I was like, well, time to fire up OkCupid. And so I started talking to a girl and she was like, cool. So if you want to fill out this intake form, uh, we will see if you are compatible with me and my husband to be a part <gasps> of our, uh, thruple. And, I am kind of ashamed to admit that I got about like eight answers in. <laughs> out of how many? Yeah. Out of like forty-eight. Like oh Jesus wow, that's Christ! Intense. This was not a Google Doc. This was not like this was. They had a secure platform that they were paying money to host. <laughs> it's too much. It's all. It's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was recently. Uh, probably some other podcast, to be honest. Where I had to explain that, like, I was active on OKCupid during the Bush administration. <laughs> and that was the point where I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was wild when I had that, like, oh, when I put it that way, it sounds like I'm 300 years old. Uh, Neil, Neil, I just want you to imagine, like, a a 23-year-old uh, person just going, oh, which one? Yeah, I know. <laughs> God, I worry oh about my that too. God. Yeah. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! So it was after the Iraq War. Yeah. No, no, that no, that one. Okay, all right. Jesus. I. Do you know what? Honestly, I'm gonna go and like thank my girlfriend for being with me, so I didn't have to fucking date during the Trump administration. God, uh, or the pandemic, or the pandemic for that matter. <laughs> Jesus. Where the fuck are we? Okay, so... Uh, so all right, so... And, and, Andy knows the deal. <laughs> Neil, we, say hello to our Patreon-only listeners who have no. got the last 10 you minutes perverts. of this podcast. <laughs> all right, we've done the preamble. Andy goes home. Now he knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Aunt B what's happened. They go upstairs. Ooh, pause. Opie ha- Aunt B doesn't know if Opie's there. Yeah. Yeah. How, How does nobody have How? eyes on this kid? <laughs> He's, he has a bedroom upstairs. There's one staircase to this house. <laughs> and look, I, I get it. I I get that, like, 
things were looser in the 60s yeah. the 80s and 90s. I understand that. Uh, I even appreciate most of it. But I feel like you should know if your child is in the house or not. It was a simpler time. No Kennedys had been shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The tone of this show is about to change drastically. <laughs> Like, like, oh, don't let Opie out of the house after seven. You don't know if Oswald's out there. (laughs) Andy, Andy, don't let Opie go near any book depots. (laughs) Uh, They go go upstairs. I feel like by the end of this, we're going to figure out that maybe Ron Howard uh, killed Kennedy. (laughs) That's going to be our theory. Um, they go upstairs. They found that uh, Opie has very politely cleaned his room mm-hmm. and run away from home. <laughs> he cleaned up his room and he ran away and then just left. Um, Which it was. It's kind of great because Opie is gone. There is a note on the bed and Andy's like, "Oh shit, he ran away." And Aunt B's like, "Oh, he cleaned his room. <laughs> like <laughs> she does uh, not have good priorities in this moment." Guardians of the year, as usual. Yeah. Uh, outside, oh, Andy's driving around. He finds Opie walking down the road, uh, and this is where like we get to the heart of the episode, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Andy pulls falls off to the side. And is like, hey, what's going on? And Opie is basically fucking Prince Zuko. <laughs> like at this point, it's just like I, 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 I had to find a way to make you proud again. I can't. I was exiling myself until I had restored my honor. God. I was going to like, walk the earth like Ronin until I found a way to reclaim my honor. Opie is going to capture the Avatar. <laughs> By joining the Navy. Yes! Yeah, that was his plan. His plan was to go join the Navy. Which... He is nine years old. I am going to, like, harp on this a lot over the remainder of the show, but Vietnam was, like, happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a joke about like oh Opie's gonna go join the navy it's like the navy was at war uh so Opie does confess Opie says hey you're gonna find this out anyway so let me tell you this is what happened mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. get all A's uh and I tried to tell you first off Opie should have been like I tried to tell you but you wouldn't fucking listen but instead right. Opie puts the shit puts the blame on himself and he says, okay, I was I was leaving home. I thought the best thing I could do was to find a way to make you proud of me again. And then this is where Andy pseudo-apologizes. He's like, look, I got carried away. I made a big fuss of that, and I made all those A's impossible mm-hmm. to live up to. You just do the best you can, and that is all I'll ever ask of you. And by the way, I just want to put a little note here, because I've been saving this. Uh, I've been saving this because I want to see Neil's reaction. Okay, uh, Neil? Uh, the man who wrote this episode, his name is John Whedon. Mm-hmm. He is the father. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> of screenwriters uh, Joss and Zach Whedon. Mm-hmm. He is Joss Whedon's father. And I just want to know if that changes your opinion of anything. Uh, or if it explains anything. No, no, this... Ex- this- this explains Joss Whedon a lot to me and why he is the way he is, uh, much like me and my uh, grades on a report card. I feel like, if anything, 
this was like Joss, Joss Whedon's like youthful rebellion was like, fuck you, old man. I'm going to go write a TV show with coherent plot lines. Yeah. And he's like, don't you dare. <laughs> the Whedon's write meandering bullshit. And that's what we've written since my grandfather. America I mean, runs on Whedon. Um, I mean, it, Joss got his meandering bullshit in the end. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ghost of John Whedon will be pleased. Uh. I will. I will note one thing. I really liked about this episode is uh, Opie's outfit when he's running away. It's a it's really baller. tight. It's a sweet so shirt, cool hat. I wish I had a cool hat like that. Uh, and and my print shirt. The shirt I'm wearing tonight. The the viewers. Uh, the viewers at home of this podcast <laughs> won't see this. But I have what I. It's kind of a a, a Marty shirt, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. and it's print. Um, and. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not, it's it's not passing a judgment. I just I I looked down at it before we started recording, and I was like, I wonder if Marty's going to be wearing a similar shirt tonight. Marty has a cool shirt. <laughs> First off, appreciated. Uh, I'm not wearing like one of my patterned button down shirts, but I just bought two new ones. Ooh. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is this is all going to get cut. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found I found what might be my outfit of the summer. Uh, it is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh boy! It is. I mean, I I just I I I was at Buffalo Exchange and I see this like Miami Vice looking. It's black and it's got like pink pink and green palm fronds on it. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. A cool like Bahamas ish shirt. Yeah. Uh, and I picked it up off the off the rack and I was like, this is really heavy. Why is this much heavier than a shirt? And I unbuttoned it. And I found out that there is a matching pair of shorts <gasps> with the same pattern oh, I love that it. comes I with love it. I love it for you. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> yeah, that's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I now have my I have my outfit for the entire summer. Uh, it is the best part is that the uh, company that makes it is called Chillin' Dillin'. Oh my god. It's pretty good. You, you know how uh, Chris Gethard's buddy uh, has uh, Vacation Jason? It's Chillin', Chillin Dillin', Dillin', his cousin. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Dope shirt, Opie. Um, <laughs> yeah. The stinger of the episode is that Opie got a B plus, and everyone was proud of him. It, and he does this another agonizing bit where Opie's like, "So when you got grades, did you get to ride your bike if your grades were good or if your grades are bad?" And it's like a realistic portrayal of a thing a child would say in that it's stupid gibbering nonsense mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah it, it, it's a very realistic portrayal of things a child would say in that i don't want to fucking hear it it's like you took a joke and you put it into like a salad shooter and it's just blasted out like ah. out of order like it doesn't make any sense in terms of anything it's just a kid asking for a thing but it's presented like a hilarious three-part joke or or like he's trying to be very clever and i don't think he is yeah there's a read of it where it's like oh he's getting at something maybe maybe not but like again the screenwriters aren't clever enough to do it right and so every everybody ends up looking foolish and feeling disappointed including the viewers in 2021 yeah, it's like there's no like rhyme or poetry to it. There's no like <laughs> conceit or like internal like there's nothing in it. It's just like the shell of a joke, but nothing happens in it. There's right. a bunch of points that are just in- insert humor here that they just forgot to do. 
so I'm just going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and do some fucking ratings for this episode. Oof. This is already going on too long. Neil, the way that we rate things on this show is uh, we do two ratings. The Andy meter, which is how much did you enjoy this episode of television? Just 22 <laughs> minutes you had to sit through. The Barney meter, which is, I think what we figured out is to define it is how much damage did this do? To society as mm-hmm. a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much weird shit did this did this implement? So, uh, let's go ahead and start with Andy Meter. Neil, scale of 1 to 10. Oh, thank uh, 10 you. being the highest. Uh, Andy Meter, how much did I enjoy this episode of television? I'm going to give it uh, a 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's actually reasonably high, depending on I, like, I, I, Look, I made my way through it. I mm-hmm. am glad that I have seen an episode of this program now. And it makes me curious about the show, but not want to watch another episode. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you've got an entire podcast about it, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a three, which I think is, like, it, it brought me no joy whatsoever, but I didn't want to, like, carve my eyes out or anything. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it, it didn't cause me any pain. Yeah. So I will also be, be – I liked it slightly more than the rest of you, so I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. Okay. Uh all right. Um, All right. So Neil, I want to for the Barney meter. I want to give you like just paint a picture. Is like mm-hmm. kids watched the Andy Griffith show and then they saw stuff on this and were like, "This is good and normal." I learned a moral from this, and then they became baby boomers and destroyed the country. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. like, objection, leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> just, just imagine the just just think of it in terms of the lesson being put into the brain of a of a little baby boomer. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with an eight. Nice. Um, and I think there's there's something interesting to do, but I do not have the time nor patience to connect it to, like, the boomer complaints about um, our generation getting participation trophies. That's in there. They, like, right? they definitely plant the seeds. Yeah. It's, it's that your parents should love you no matter what, even if you're not good at school. And so you shouldn't have to earn things. But also you should have to have student loan debt like it's you know like it's a very strange sequence of thinking that that they experienced there is there is an explicit scene where like don Knotts looks into the camera and goes giving children money to help with their education is bad and yeah. how dare <laughs> they be healthy yeah. like like nutrition for students fuck that like yeah. they should have then, to dig coal for that Don Nuts looks in the camera and goes, corporal punishment? Thumbs up! And Andy's like, I'm <laughs> neutral! There is definitely some, like, participation tropey kids these days, like, grumbling that's germinating Already. in a Don yeah. Nuts monologue. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I feel like I have to give us a seven, mostly for what this must have done to the psyches of young Ron Howard <laughs> and young Joss Whedon, who then went to impart their bullshit on the world. So That, like... That is actually a thing. I can't tell if, like, Ron Howard was acting his face off or if this was actually hurting him. <laughs> like, No, Ron, Ron Howard would 100% believe that Mayberry is real. Yeah. Oh, I, no. didn't think, I didn't think that Ron Howard believed that Mayberry was real until he made that fucking hillbilly elegy movie. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, he 100% buys that shit. Uh, I've mentioned it on the show before, but I'm going to talk about it again because it pisses me off so much. Uh is when he was making that epi- that movie, you know, there's a, a clip of him uh, doing an interview. And he says, yeah, this is a movie about a small town 
uh, poor person life. Mm-hmm. Poor, and I was really drawn to that because that's my background. <laughs> and he goes, I mean, you know, I grew up in California, but my parents are Midwestern. So I, I understood that. And for a brief second, I thought he was going to say, I grew up in Mayberry, North Carolina. <laughs> like, shut up, Ron Howard. You have been rich since childhood. Yeah. I just imagine, like, the director of the Andrew Kevin Show being like, now, Ronnie, in this scene, they're going to give you a bike. You don't deserve it. And he's like, what? Why not? <laughs> I deserve a bike. Like, remember, Opie, you're a you're an idiot child and you're full of shame. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Do I get to keep the bike after the episode's done? No, we need to no. take it back to props. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bullshit, bullshit, right? No, you don't get to keep this bike. But you do have second billing on the most popular television show uh. in the country. So it's fine. We'll just go to your trailer that is filled with bikes. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Because uh, you are a child millionaire. Oh, yeah. That child could have bought, oh, the yeah. bought and sold us like cattle. Um, yeah, I'm going to put it at like a six or I'm going to put it at a seven just because we've seen slightly more shit. <laughs> we've seen That's some it. shit. Uh, Neil, I think you already asked, answered this question, but like, will you ever watch another episode of The Andy Griffith Show? Um, honestly... Here's here's one thing holding me back. Uh, oh, just one? <laughs> I, I, I will give you one very practical reason that's holding me back. I don't want to pay $2 for a YouTube episode of this again. That's okay, true. so, Neil, we uh, did a bad job and didn't tell you that it's free on Amazon. I did. Oh, you did. I did. Uh, oh. uh, hang on. Neil, Neil, I do have another question. Mm-hmm. What's your Venmo? <laughs> <laughs> it's Neil-Bardhan. Everybody listening can Venmo me. Two dollars for the fact that I watched this episode for you all. You know um, what? We're going to explicitly say this. You can either join our Patreon or Venmo Neil two dollars. Hey, there we go. Both are equally good decisions. I disagree. One, <laughs> I just want to honestly want to see if that like moves the needle. Like, what if Neil just got like five grand from this? That would be crazy. <laughs> that oh. would validate me so much. Uh, Neil, please tell our listeners. Where they can find all your stuff on the internet. Oh my goodness. All my stuff on the internet. Well, here's a good place to Some start. Some of your stuff so on much. the internet. The, the best stuff is on Twitter, where I'm Neil P. Bardhan. That's P as in Peter. Uh, Bardhan, B-A-R-D-H-A-N. Uh, I'm also available for uh, communication consulting. I uh, look for that at bardhanconsulting.com. Oh, okay. You really you're, kept it in the highlights. Yeah, I'm I mean, saying you're done. No, <laughs> nobody needs to look at my Flickr account from 2007. Well, I mean, what about your, what, what's your, what's your OKCupid account? <laughs> uh, that is deactivated because I've been happily married for some time. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, what about tell, tell us about some comedy shows? Oh, yes. some comedy stuff coming up. So, uh, one thing that I do semi regularly is I perform with the End Crowd, which is one of Philly's oldest improv groups. Uh, we do short form shows every other Friday night on Twitch. Um, and then I'm also the host of Neil Estate, which is a comedy show about real estate listings. Um, <laughs> and that is too much fun. Uh, and then the last thing that I do is uh, a virtual dinner party show with my friend, friend Ryan T. Barlow. Uh, we call that my dinner party with the two of us or whatever we call it. Uh, and that's available through Frigid New York and their streaming platforms. There'll be probably links to all this in the uh, in the notes. Uh, if Marty remembers to do that. As always, you know, 
where to find us on the internet. I am on Twitter at SchneiderMarks. That's S-C-H-N-E-I-D Remarks. I'm at the Luds 2Ds. Uh, on Twitter, we are at BreakMayberry. Facebook.com slash BreakingMayberry. Instagram will use someday Breaking Mayberry. And if you want to give us assistance with your money dollars and you don't feel like Venmoing Neil $2, you could always... Actually, there's a better idea. Give, join our Patreon there and I promise... I promise we'll give Neil some money. <laughs> if for a limited time, any Patreon donations, two dollars of that will go to Neil. Now this is a limited time offer. <laughs> and 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 if you join our Patreon anytime after the next month, we will take two dollars away from Neil. So <laughs> he'll request it over and over again. Yes. For every Patreon member that joins. <laughs> yes. So this is actually urgent. Oh. Neil's financial stability lays in the balance of your hands right now, Patreon oh. listen subscribers. Okay, so there it is. Patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry. <laughs> or we will crush Neil financially. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's basically it uh neil thanks for coming on thank you for having me and introducing me to this bananas world that i had <laughs> no clue what i was in for and boy did i not laugh at all <laughs> boy does that sum it up that's what we can promise to our entire audience <laughs> Everyone, thanks for listening. Until next time, we will see you all down at the fishing hole.